0: Alright, I'm Dan and welcome to the Stage Fright podcast where we talk about mental health while working in creative industries. Today is part two, talking to Sam Tanner. You could be a great player and mm. just be in your room all your life until you're yeah. 60 and you
1: never get your break. Mm. Or you occasionally say yes to things, maybe you're a little bit out of your comfort zone and that would be the difference between you doing those gigs and the other gigs.
0: We start by talking about his journey getting into session work. As quick as the door opens, yeah. it shuts yeah. again. And getting to play alongside your heroes. I was lucky enough to play with Jeff Beck. <laughs> and his Jeff Beck story is hilarious. <laughs> Ronnie Wood's another funny
1: guy as well. I was lucky enough to play with him with a Faces gig.
0: We talk about being more creative in the early hours.
1: Two or three in the morning. There's no pressure to get anything done. It feels like the whole world's asleep and it's just yeah. you with your creativity.
0: And the all-important C word. Because there's always exposure gigs, isn't there? Yeah.
1: Charity gigs There's and always speculate gigs. to accumulate, isn't there? You yeah. feel like sometimes you're speculating all your life. Musical job roles. People don't tend to take you seriously unless you're earning loads of money or you're really famous. And you go, well, there's a whole different yeah. level underneath that.
0: And the importance of a producer.
1: In life, you need a producer. Yeah. Not just in music, but yeah, in any in element life. of life. yeah. just
0: need somebody going no it's done finished this is the stage fright podcast here's sam tanner how did you get into the session work so fast forward to a band like thunder getting in contact with you saying do you want to play for us how did that all come about
1: so that was uh years of um playing other bands because you know how incestuous his business is Mm -hmm. so i like i say i knew the drummer harry from playing in a band with him previous to Thunder. So so Thunder's only been in the last probably about four years. Okay. Previous to that I was in a band with Harry the drummer for about ten.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: cool. and that started from being in a duo and other bands where a guy walked into a bar, heard me play and said, Oh, I've got this band that's starting, they're in need of a keyboard player. Come along to this rehearsal, see how it goes and the rehearsal went well. I'd meet Harry and a couple of the guys and then that would, you know, yeah. eventually it roll and spiral. And then skip forward so danny the, the the singer of thunder became the manager temporarily of the band i was in with harry oh cool so for a few years he for a couple of years i should say he was married he was married he was married to us no <laughs> for a couple of years he was the manager of, of the band persuaded to be the manager of the band yeah. and then uh, for one reason or another that that didn't that, that stopped he, he got too busy or whatever mm-hmm. it was and then later on down the line they're like well we're starting to we're, the first tour I done with Thunder um, was something called the PRS Tour, the Please Remain Seated Tour. So they're a hard rock stand up band. All their yeah. gigs are renowned for everybody. There's no seats. Everybody's standing up. They have got the the tank tops on, wristbands from the 1980s, yeah. long grey hair, you know. <laughs> and that you know they're all like extras out of White Snake. Yeah, they're all wanted you know jump around and, and and Thunder always make you know make jokes about this all the time. They're always a very fun stand up, you know, Great. raucous band. Yeah, but this particular tour is where they wanted to do like a reissue or a, a, a revamp of an album or a few songs from their previous albums mm-hmm. um, where it was uh, seated, so it's more acoustic. Cool. So that instead of the big raucous electric guitars, it would be a bit more piano and acoustic and yeah. it would be a bit more everybody and then literally everybody sat down. So Danny, Luke, Ben, yeah, Chris and Harry wow. sits down. And we'd all sit down and play the songs in a very kind of, cool rock and roll bluesy yeah. kind of way so and you was, on like
0: hammond kind of sounds i was that on piano and hammond yeah so
1: piano and, and when i say rock and roll like a couple of songs were made into sort of rock and roll versions so cool. it's a bit of stride piano and a bit oh, lovely and it was right up my street i loved yeah. all that and so because of they were doing that particular tour in that particular way i was asked to come on and be the pianist and the organ player yeah for that tour and then it sort of went from there so after that tour then they started doing a few more of their normal shows they used yeah. to they always do a christmas show where it's somewhere in either i do birmingham or london or somewhere in, in england somewhere and it'll be a couple of thousand people and it's and it's they they do their own stuff but they also do a bunch of covers yeah all the stuff they love tom petty and queen oh, and all this great. stuff as well and so that's when they get the whole band together backing vocalists and they've got christmas lights and oh then, awesome you know they, they blow up and sort of inflatable things and it's a brilliant gig yeah um and so I started doing a few more of their other shows after that, the, the heavier ones, where I was playing a bit more Hammond yeah. and a bit more. So you know, how it works. Like you say,
0: it's it's an incestuous business, and you you literally do play with a bass player from one band, and then he goes, oh, "I'm going to go on and play for Bally John Boyd. Do you want to come and do that with me?" And it's right because like, they know about how, you, yeah. right? And and being
1: in that arena and being present, being in front of people means that they you could be a great player and mm. just be in your room or play with the same band in the same place all your life until you get to yeah. sixty. Nobody ever sees how good you are, and you never get your break. Mm. Or you occasionally say yes to things Mm. that maybe are a little bit out of your comfort zone or a little bit different to what you'd normally do, and that would be the difference between you doing those gigs and and, and, and the other gigs. And as a result of playing with Thunder, I ended up doing a few sessions for Andy Taylor from Duran Duran. Oh, wow. He asked me to come along and do – he was producing this other band, still a great guitarist, Andy Taylor – and he was, and he asked me to play a couple of things on his records, and and, and oh, a couple awesome. of things for a band that he was producing. So, again, you're in, you know, and and as a result of that, he was doing a gig with Reef. Cool, because he does <clears throat> some gigs with Reef, and he asked me to play on on a couple of their things as well. So, for, for some gigs, actually, one of the gigs I couldn't do, and again, as quick as it opens, the door opens, yeah. it shuts yeah. again, as you know. So. I couldn't do a couple of the gigs that Reef were doing. I was just clash for something I was doing. It would have been back in the day where I weren't paying mortgages and had a, and had a mm. child where I was like, well, nah, I'll it. I'll just do that gig instead. It doesn't matter if I'm not getting paid. But um, it obviously does matter now. And yeah. I, and also loyalty is a big thing, isn't it? You know what I mean? You don't want to yeah. be known as somebody that just lets people down.
0: Yeah. You need to be a good player, obviously. You need to be a good enough player, but you just need to be a nice guy. You need to be someone that can sit on a tour bus for six and you're months. you a good hang. And, yeah. And that's
1: yeah. 80% of it, I think. Yeah. You know, but whether you're good or not is is sort of given. Really, I'd
0: rather if someone was an incredible keyboard player, but they were just really awkward to be on the bus with, and they were whinging the whole time, and someone that had twenty percent of their skill, but were better. To but hang we're, with. I'd rather hang out with them totally. and play ball games most, on the and bus. Most, like, I think yeah. most
1: people would do the same. Yeah, I think most bands pick you based on that so I don't think. be
0: elitist don't be a dick
1: don't be a dick it's the, it's the great big umbrella out <laughs> yeah. of this just don't yeah. be a dick because it's easy to think well I'm good enough and people owe me yeah well we, we, they don't know today. Do they you know no You yeah, like I say you could be that guy who's in his 60s now and has never played with anybody other than the same band you play with all your life that might be what you want and that's yeah. fair enough But if your goal, like we said earlier, what was your goal when you first came into the music business? If your goal was to get other people to sing your songs and get the appreciation, or you wanted to be that front man on the stage playing to the Isle of Wight Festival in front of a few thousand people, if that's your goal and you've never achieved that, there'll always be a little bit of bitterness there. And it won't be anybody else's fault. It'll be because somewhere down the line, you've either turned something down or you've not been the right hang or something. There's always something. People are quick to blame Others. We go back to like we go back to what we said about being critical We're in that critical world all the time. It's always somebody else's fault. It's like yeah. you know, I'm am a musician. and I think I'm doing right. Why haven't I had a break?
0: Why has oh, yeah. nobody given me anything? Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music for advert-free, higher quality, and early access to the Stage Fright podcast. Do you think musicians having one break is a misconception? I think I think
1: it can be. Yeah, I think people the elusive break. What is that? What does that look yeah. like? It's either playing with.
0: Uh, uh, Ed Sheeran Ed, Ed Sheeran.
1: Ed he 's playing with him. Well nobody plays with him do they? You oh, have to be a loop pedal. Yeah, a loop pedal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a great loop pedal. I don't know why he hasn't hired me. So but 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 you either but you either actually I know a couple of guys who play in in the band for, on some of his some of his shows he has like a separate band on a different stage and it's a...
0: yeah there's a guy called Mark Poosy. Yeah. Do I you? don't no I don't know him. I only heard him on a um I asked him to come on this podcast because I heard him on another podcast, and he got back great, to me. Great job! Um, but I don't know if he—I don't know if he can. He can Funny do this guy show, as well.
1: Yeah. I've done a, a few gigs with him back in the past, yeah, and he—he's doing really well now, obviously. But again, having that presence online helps. Yeah, I mean, he's constantly—you know—people are constantly putting up yeah. what they do online. That's fine, and that's—that's that's what I do. That's
0: how I get a lot that's of work how people do. see you. Yeah,
1: because people—you otherwise, if if, that, if nobody knows you exist, are you ever going to get a gig? Mm. But in, in answer to your question about the, the elusive break, mm. if your goal is to play with, say, Ed Sheeran or or Lionel Richie or one Mm. of these guys that we've spoke about and you you don't achieve that, you can either say, sometimes it's probably because you're not good enough, but Mm. but, but what does that look like? Mm um or it's because you've not had enough presence you've not you've not put yourself out there enough or somewhere down the line you i don't know you've you've been a bit complainy or you're yeah. not you're not that much of a yeah. good hang it could
0: be yeah literally could be down to that it could be something silly
1: and mm. i know people who've lost gigs because they might have stupidly sort of said to somebody this is great but can i ask for a little bit more money
0: yeah that's a big one yeah
1: you know the big story about um did you ever see that thing what was it called i can't remember what the name of the documentary was now but it was billy joel featured on it and he was talking about uh, Liberty DeVito, you know, the, his drummer.
0: Oh, um, it's called Hide Gun. Hide Gun. Hide Gun, yeah. You remember that? Amazing Right, and do yeah. you remember
1: the bit where Liberty was on Hard Times? And he played in Billy Joel's band for, I don't know, 30 years or yes. something. Yes. And, and he just, one day, because he knows Billy very well, they're obviously toured together for yeah. 30 years, are very good friends. As the only drummer he ever uses on studio albums and, yeah, and live. live yeah. So one day he just thought, well, he's a mate. I'm I'm on hard times. And he actually I don't know how he, how he put it, but it was like he just needs a bit more money. If, if you've got any scraps, just let me know. And I think there's something like that. Have you got any scraps? Yeah. And Billy Joel actually said, Well, I wish you hadn't have said
0: that. And as a result of that, he didn't he didn't yeah. use him anymore. The guy that he's known for 30 years. He was driving and sort of thought, Oh, we haven't done any Billy Joel stuff for ages. And then on the radio, oh new one, Billy Joel and this new band, yeah. and he's and he like, that's u- it. And he hadn't used him. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because of because he just thought whether you can call it overstepping. Is it overstepping to ask a mate? But at the same time, the the ethics still apply.
0: Mm. Even if you're mates, you know it's still a business. Even if you it's still a are, business. Yeah. I mean,
1: I would never dream about asking anybody I've ever worked with for 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 more money. If and some of the bands would go, good, good, well done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> are you getting this over? Yeah, one more for level. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but. In all, in all seriousness, if if you're in a good position and you're getting regular work and you're playing the gigs you want to play, why why, yeah. make around with that? Well, what what is what else do you want?
0: Yeah, that's part an of extra the fifty quid. Yeah,
1: you know what? What's that going to do? Buy you a Ferrari? Yeah, you know, or <laughs> yeah. or just know where you've got it good. And yeah. if you want something else, you know, just sort of back out politely or something. If you want something else, I've always said it's like any relationship. If you're not happy, talk about it. And sort of, and try and get out of it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. you, being a good hang, like you say,
0: and being a proper
1: person to hang around with and just not being a dick. You just don't be a dick, yeah. You know, I think that's that's really important.
0: So the main things I say on this podcast are that don't be a dick. And the show's called the Stage Fright Podcast, where yeah. it's actually being on stage is the least frightening part. Of yeah. the, whole, mad, <laughs> the whole career. Is it? It's mad, yeah. It's, we, we
1: build it up to that moment. And then when you play the first song, it's, well, oh, it's gone.
0: That? Oh, of course. Cool. That's fair. It's, done. it's
1: gone. And, and it doesn't matter who you play with. That could be... And it's amazing how they say never meet your heroes. I've done gigs where a couple of the singers I really love and admire, Paul Carrick, Mick Hutton, all these people yeah. I've grown up listening to, and suddenly you're playing with them. And, you know, Paul Young and all these people, that, and, and you think, I hope they're lovely. Because if I shake their hand and they're a bit of a dick...
0: It'll ruin it. It ruins I my ne- t- I, I never want to meet Nick Cave. Right. If he wants to do the podcast, sure, I'll have him on. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but if I met him at a yeah. gig, like, I just don't want him to be a dick. I don't want him to be horrible. I'm sure he's not. I'm no. sure he's lovely. But no. So if that you worry. come on here, Nick Cave, there's only one piece of
1: advice I can give you, mate. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs>
0: All right. Dan's a nice guy.
1: You know, so just, just be a nice guy. You started somewhere once. <laughs> you know but it's you know I, I believe i believe that fully though and 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 there's certain people that i would say are dicks and there's certain people that are lovely yeah. and it just all it does is, is it increases your admiration
0: for them. yeah when you when you go oh, do you want to do this gig such and such is on it such and such is on it and this is on it and you go oh great cool you got, this it. is great. this
1: is this is going to be one of those moments oh you drop something there mate clang but i was lucky enough to play with jeff beck cool and it was at a Big rehearsal, and everybody had played. So there was Nick Kershaw there, there was uh, Mark King from Level 42, there was Mick Ucknall, there was Paul Young, there was Paul Carroll.
0: Absolutely heavyweights are there. You know, they're
1: coming in. You're in the house band <laughs> yeah. and you're playing and you're learning all these songs. That I just want to do my job, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Jeff Beck came in at the last knock into the rehearsal. We was a bit late and he turned up in this um, Jeep old battered old Jeep, the boot fell open and his guitar (laughs) fell out. I thought he broke the headstock on it, honestly. His arse was hanging out the back of his combat trousers. Wow. And he walked in, he plugged the guitar in to whatever amp was available at the time. And the whole thing fell, whoo, fed back like this. It was like, oh, what am I doing? And he unplugged it. And and anyway, he plugged it into another amp and he started playing. It was just so, it was so haphazard and normal. Yeah. And it was just, and and he was a lovely guy, and and we sat and spoke. He sat on a drum kit. We had a break. It was sat on a drum kit where Jeff Dunn was was sitting, and he sat there and he started playing. I, like, I recognise that beat, yeah. and everybody was standing around. him having a chat to him, and he was saying how he was quite instrumental in. The writing of superstition by Stevie Wonder. Wow! And if you think about that riff, but on down, 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 it's it's very it's quite a Jeff Becky kind of riff. Yeah. Only when you look back, but he was saying that there's a story, and I don't. Who knows if it's true? Yeah. I believe him because why would you say that? He could pick anybody, and he picked Stevie Wonder. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. And it might, somebody might say, oh, you believe that crap. But it, honestly, it was just, the point is, he was talking about it. And it was fascinating how he was playing this riff or something. Stevie walked in. And went,
0: hey, what's that, man?
1: <laughs> I do That's my greatest Stevie Wonder impression. What your podcast listeners can't see is me sort of doing this with my head. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Which makes it even more authentic. I'll pan your voice at that if point. If yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it's better.
0: But, uh, yeah, it was this and, and 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 apparently that was what developed the uh superstition thing. Wow. And I bet he talked about it like it was just blase, like he was talking about a mate.
1: Right, and like, that's my point yeah. is that he, he he wasn't sort of being all elitist and hi, I'm Jeff. Yeah. You know, and I you wrote know, this, you know, this thing with Stevie Wonder and you know, you're not worthy. Why are you in the same room as yeah. me? Yeah. He was just like, Yeah, what are you want to do? You know, my ass is hanging out my trousers, you know, what, what do you want to do? You know? I'm a
0: legend of guitar and you know, I look worse than you do today. He could have walked down the street and one in ten people would have probably known who and he yeah. was, but and everyone else would just be like hmm. You know. Oh, the thing is about Amazing. Jeff Beck
1: and, and Keith Richards and uh, Ronnie Wood is I always found that they went to the same hairstylist. A <laughs> yeah. sort of black yeah. spiky yeah. hair, yeah. It's like at some point it's like that was a trend they wanted and they never moved out of that. Yeah. It's like no, that's us, <laughs> that's our signature look. There's a barber yeah. somewhere just catching in on that. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie Wood's another funny guy as well. I, I was lucky enough to play with him with a Faces gig. The Faces were like it was a big reunion. The Faces hadn't played together for like about 30 years or something. I mean, this big gig. And I was asked to play keys with a friend of mine. And that was huge. So it was Rod Stewart. It was Ronnie Wood. It was Kenny Jones. Um, obviously, Ronnie Lane and Ian McLagan are not around anymore. They're, they're past, bless yeah. So we were taking the place of Ian McLagan and stuff. And that was a big gig. And there's another exercise in normality. I mean, Rod Stewart as well. You know, worked with him a few times, and he's such a normal guy. Yeah, you know, he's still Rod Stewart. You know what I mean? It's still and when he goes on you. stage, he's but it's a part of you yeah. when, he, when he walks in a room, and you go, yeah, I know. He's he's definitely, you know.
0: There's an aura about him. There's, definitely, he's yeah. like,
1: he's you know, but he'll fart down a mic. <laughs> <laughs> I did a rehearsal once, and 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 he was sitting in he was sitting in a room, and there was him there, and there was Penny there and a couple of other women in, in the sort of crew, and they'd walked out the room. And as they walked out the room, he grabbed the mic, farted down it, and went, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> now the ladies ain't in there. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, there we go. Everybody's the same. Yeah. You know, thank no God. No matter
0: who you are, everyone likes a fart joke. <laughs> but
1: he's very much one of those people. The reason I'm saying that, and it's not, it's not just a name drop thing. The no, reason no, I'm no. saying it is because he is one of the guys that would try and make you feel... Like, you know, what's everybody worried about? Yeah. You know, this is just, we're having a laugh. aren't we? Mm. He actually said to me, I hate singing Baby Jane, one of his biggest songs. Yeah. He hates it. He's, I hate singing this. <laughs> I said, I hate singing this. Because he's just all up there. He says, it's all doing this. Yeah. And I thought, fair enough. You're just, everybody, why wouldn't he be normal? Yeah. But there's a perception that musicians have that, you know, to, in order to achieve stuff, either, yeah. uh, you know, other, the public would, you know, they would swipe your right arm off to, yeah. to just even hear him say that yeah even you know
0: oh so people would do that to watch him fart down a mic
1: you know what i mean and they'd buy the microphone after yeah, yeah. Put it on an auction for like 20 grand or whatever yeah. <laughs> but it's it yeah i don't know i think the more elements you can find that are normal in in the music business that make you feel like you're because everybody does the same thing yeah everybody's felt the same emotions at some point in their career and as long as you can find that level get to that level, be a good hang, it's amazing how different it feels mm. after a few times of playing with these people. Yeah. If that is what you call a lucky break, great. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to play with a good few people over the years through one means or another, through through knowing that person, like we said earlier, it's an incestuous business. And Because I've played with him, he's recommending me to them and then they've seen me do it, so I've done these gigs. And because I've been lucky enough to do that, it's amazing how normal the whole thing feels once you've done a few gigs. Yeah. There's a great leveler sitting at a table and eating and or, or changing in the changing room and you know seeing somebody's saggy ass or something like yeah. that you know what I mean or, or somebody yeah. you know what I mean it's <laughs> yeah. just like where you go well you know everybody's a sacrifice. and so it's a job
0: at the end of the day it's, a job. it's just a job like any other and job and we're
1: lucky enough to call it a job yeah and it's very rewarding but it's you know it's it's a job and a lot of people we probably listen and and, and like i say there's a separation between us lot that do the music and, and have these, all these perceptions of, of what it should be and all our goals and achievements and what, what it should look like. And then you've mm. got this other side of it, but the public are just like, oh, you do music. That's fascinating. It's amazing. Yeah. Or 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 you do music. is a bit, oh, oh. What oh. do you do for a real job? What's your proper job? Yeah, because well. they can't see, unless you're earning the same as Rod yeah. Stewart and Elton John and all these people, they can't physically see how you can make... Money from it will make a success. which so we say? Yeah. Not even money. To me, successful in music is just being—you're playing music and you're being paid to either play your songs or you're being paid to do music. Yeah, you're already successful. Then
0: I did a solo podcast that went out. Well, it went out today, but for the sake of the edit, it went out last week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard that it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, someone asked, I do questions on the end of that, and someone asked, um, "What's being successful in the music industry?" And my first honest answer was, "As long as you're happy doing it." That's a success.
1: But it is, yeah. Because there's measures of success that you can, that, you know, somebody thinks success for them in music is being on the X Factor mm, or yeah. being on the TV. And yeah. That's the only time you've reached your goal. Or other people, it's like, no, I'm quite happy playing the pub, the shit and whistle, mm. to 100 people every week. I get paid for it. That's what fulfills me. It's not my, you know, I, I suppose if you're a musician and that's the only thing you do and that's the only way you earn money, then it can be nerve-wracking yeah. you know got a mortgage to pay for and, yeah because there's always exposure gigs isn't there there's always yeah. people who say oh, <laughs> yeah. charity gigs there's and exposure always speculate gigs. to accumulate in there you yeah. feel like sometimes you're speculating all your life yeah you know when you're gonna eventually accumulate it does eventually come around yeah but that can be just as successful you know people don't tend to take you seriously unless you're either earning loads of money or you're really famous yeah and you go well there's a whole different yeah. level underneath that that you don't know about you yeah. know this guy here that I know he's like you know he's been doing this for 40 years he makes a lot of money and, he, and he's and he got a decent car he's got a lovely house in the country somewhere yeah. from music and by the way you've never heard of him
0: because he does Elvis impersonations yeah you
1: know He's really crap, but he don't <laughs> care. Yeah, he don't care. He's laughing all the way to the bank. And he's on the same level as somebody yeah. who spends all of their time perfecting that riff yeah. and going out and playing it to fifty people
0: in the pub. Alright, I'm just going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you will get early, ad-free versions of the podcast in a higher quality, as well as a load of behind-the-scenes photos and audio that I've been told to say are NSFW, which I don't know what it means, but people have it on their OnlyFans accounts. apparently. I I, I don't know, I've been been told that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. You can also get the app on your phone so you can listen to my voice wherever you may be. My Patreon has a pay-what-you-can scheme where all tiers are the same. The aim of this is to have more Patreons paying the smaller fee a month and not pricing people out, which in turn will pay for the show and help it run and run until the end of time. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the show. Did you ever see that YouTube clip of the, the violinist? I can't remember his name There. Yes, and he plays in the um, underground. He's,
1: yeah, and he's, yeah. he's literally outside in the foyer of his own gig. <laughs> And there's 150 people walking past, thousands of people. They, he's sold out the gigs for four shows in a row, whatever it is. But during the day, he's busking in his own foyer. Yeah. In his, you know, Playing a
0: £2 million violin or something. And
1: nobody knows who he is. <laughs> They're not even giving him a penny. Yeah. You know, don't to, It's a perception. Yeah, yeah. If you put yourself in situations, if you're a band that plays on the telly, you're a great band. Yeah. But if you're the same band that plays in the shit and whistle, you're for some reason, good. Yeah. Yeah, because you're playing in there. Yeah,
0: that's
1: public perception. That's yeah. not necessarily musician perception.
0: No, no, not at all. You know, because we know, because we're we're in the deep with them. We're you're in it, and you're critic-
1: and you, you've got that critical thing where you sit there, and you you could be the guy sitting in the shitting whistle, listening to that band, yeah, and going, he's shit hot, and nobody in here knows about it. That thing he just played there is very difficult, and the guy is trying to chat up that woman at the bar. He don't, <laughs> he no, he don't, don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. no. Nah. Sweet Caroline! That's yeah. all he cares about. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I think I think if you... I suppose in a nutshell, if you can somehow adopt the mindset of not giving a shit
0: mm.
1: more times in your life... You no, know, within reason. I don't mean being a horrible person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and in terms of how how you let it affect you. Yeah. If you can do that, you'll be a lot happier. Yeah. And quicker. I find that a lot of the stuff I've been offered over the years has come from me taking a little bit of a back seat
0: yes you yeah. notice that have you noticed
1: how that you could work on it and work on it and work on it every day and it feels like nothing's coming and then the moment you go do you know what i'm gonna just spend a week off and and just do something else yeah i do artwork as you know yeah during lockdown i thought the first three months of that was a beautiful holiday i had 45 gigs deleted from my diary yeah, did you not get a bit sweet. anxious about that i was anxious <clears> absolutely <throat> mm-hmm. But when I realised that not a single soul was working, no shops were open, mm. nobody was earning money, I didn't feel as anxious because the whole country, the whole world was going through it. They always say, um, and I flip between, this is how, it's what I'm like, I flip between <laughs> stories and stories. I did get to my point eventually. <laughs> yeah,
0: this is great. This but, is great. But, but
1: you know that thing where you're more creative? If you're a creative person, you feel more creative in the middle of the, in the morning somewhere. yeah, or, or two yeah. or three in the morning. Yeah. The reason I think the reason is behind that is because... There's no pressure. Nobody else is competing against you. There's nobody else getting there quicker than you. And two or three in the morning, there's no pressure to get anything done. It feels like the whole world's asleep, and it's just yeah. you with your creativity. And that's why you can become more creative. People always say, "I wake up in the middle of the night and I write my lyrics," and I, you know, because nobody's. That's really interesting. Nobody's yeah. breathing down your neck, going, "Have you come up with this thing yet?" There's a deadline, and are you, you know, have you woken up this morning and been a good musician today? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's eight o'clock in the morning. What are you playing at? You know, you're yeah. not allowed to have breakfast. You know, you're still trying to achieve that big concert in the Isle of Wight Festival. You know, you're not allowed to sit down and relax for ten minutes. You've got to be brilliant. Yeah. So at two or three in the morning, you're like, "Well, I don't have to be brilliant. I don't." Nobody's and lockdown felt the same for me in the beginning. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not dismissing it i'm not no, trying to uh, yeah, simplify no, yeah, it no. it was a horrible time for everybody yeah. but i think my point was as a musician obviously the arts got kicked in the teeth didn't it nobody give a shit about no, no get, yeah, the, the musicians are. or the artists and stuff it was almost like that was a real exercise in the government and everybody else thinking well, well you know art yeah, well, that's the thing on the yeah let's get all this stuff sorted out first yeah. so that's that's you know but all us lot were like losing 45 gigs in one fell swoop yeah. and you know all of a sudden your diary had changed for the rest yeah. of the year
0: i lost three weeks of gigs i think mental like, yeah, i, had a, I had,
1: must have had about over 40 gigs for me because mm. i do weddings in between and i had yeah. some big gigs coming up with and there's a couple of tours that were sort of in, and, and stuff that you put in the diary and think well it doesn't matter if that month's shit because i've got a tour in yeah November. yeah but all of it went as you know everybody had the same thing yeah. and there was a part of me that went oh god what am I going to do? Then there was another part of me shortly afterwards that went, well, nobody's working. It's not like somebody else has achieved it because I'm not doing it. Yeah, It's not like somebody's nicked my gig because I'm not doing it. Nobody's doing it. So I'd lost gigs, but then I quickly put myself in an empathetic or sympathetic situation. Well, Well, I can't moan, can I? Mm. Yes, I've lost gigs, I've lost my work, but there's other people who've lost theirs. And that's literally all they've got. Yes. You know, yeah. so you quickly, and so I used it as a two or three month holiday to begin with. I, nobody knew how long it was going to last. No. Little did we know it was going to be nearly two years. But the first couple of months, I, I looked at it as a way of going, well, I can do some other things I always wanted to do in my life
0: now, right? Which is where the artwork came I want to
1: do my, I've always been an artist whenever I could, but I never had time because I was too busy concentrating on trying to be a good musician. Yeah. You know? I should be putting more practice in the music, never alone this pencil to paper nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I was my own worst critic. You
0: know? And did, do, you, do you enjoy the artwork? I love the I've artwork. Because I've got some
1: artwork up here. There's Freddy. Oh, yeah. That's Freddie. very nice of you, mate. Yeah. No, I love it.
0: Do, I, do you know you're good at it?
1: No. I, mate, I think it's the same as music for me. I think it's can there, you not look at that and say and think, okay, I did. There's an imposter syndrome in art. As is there? Because there? it's all art, isn't it? Yeah. I think the greatest thing that can happen to an artist is you never, you're never satisfied yes because you're always achieving yeah and you're always trying to do better it might bring on anxiousness and nervousness but you'll always somebody else will always tell you you're better than you think you are yeah there'll always be a tribe that likes what you do Mm -hmm. i look at that piece of art behind you now and i go yeah i could probably have done the eye a bit better i could probably have spent a bit more time on the hair or the hand it's freddie basically for anybody listening it's freddie holding a, a phone and he's and he's doing a selfie, Freddie Mercury doing a selfie. And yeah. I tried to I tried to get that across as best I can, but I can look at that and go oh, I probably could have done that. But another thing I learned very early on was don't draw attention to the flaws. Mm-hmm. Cuz somebody else might not have noticed it. And yeah. as soon as you draw their attention
0: to it, they notice it. <laughs> and now you're like shit. <laughs> I wish I hadn't have. Anyone that comes in the studio now is going to go. Oh yeah, look at the hair. Look at the hair. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no.
1: Now I'm like. Now I'm like. If I. It's, everybody. Have you noticed that when you're mixing a record and somebody comes in and um, you think you've got a great mix up and as soon as one person walks in the door, the mix completely yeah, changes.
0: Yeah. Because you're almost hearing it through their ears. Exactly. I wonder what they're thinking about this. Like yeah. Even like like my wife can sit behind me like when I'm mixing something and I'll go. Oh, Man, the snare drum is too loud now, and only because she sat there. Like, she doesn't know. notice it. No, she doesn't know. But again, that's that perception of
1: between you as the musician and the public and yeah. their perception. You think in order to make that sound better to them, without respect to your wife, it's not a musician, no. Right, so she probably wouldn't know the intricate details of what that meant. No. I mean, she might do, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just. But there's lots of people who don't. But you somehow there's a mechanism in your brain that thinks that's what they're listening for. Yeah. If I don't make that sound correct, it's going to completely ruin the song or the whole mix is going to sound crap. Everybody's got an opinion on it, haven't they? (laughs) Like if I, going back to the art, if somebody, when I was doing it in lockdown, I thought I'd just try something, um, bring back something. Well, I thought, I ain't going to work. I can't. There's no point me trying to, obviously, I've got to practice keyboards or you lose your chops. Mm -hmm. You know, that can leave you, you know. Yeah. But there was a part of me going, I'm quite happy to have a little break for a couple of minutes, actually. Yeah. Just to reset, think about what I want for a bit. And I think it was a reset for everybody, wasn't it? Yeah. Sometimes in a negative way, but everybody had to stop and think and go, well, what is it I actually want out of life now? Because I have to go back to the bare essentials. Yeah. I've literally got no choice now. I can't just, you know, wade through life doing exactly what I've been doing every day and not really have a goal or a purpose. Now I've got to really think because if this comes back, when it comes back, you know, am I going to go back to that again? Or am I going to do something better? And and I don't know, it, it, it... allowed me to, to really think about it and artwork for me i would sit there and start drawing again and start painting but i had no i, I had no way of getting it out there i was mm. just doing it for me a way of just it's like a, bringing my hobby back again
0: and that's going back to you saying put a positive spin on it now we're not putting a positive spin on covid at all, no, not at all. but your mindset about being in that situation you've gone okay I'll just see it as a holiday. You could make it a lot worse. Yeah.
1: You know, you could have gone... I mean, a lot of, lots of people lost a lot of things, and we all did, but, but mm. it's relative, isn't it? You yeah. Know, what you yeah. lose, you know. But it, how do you how do you get through life? How do you get through those things? Mm. You know, COVID is a, an extreme example because that's like a mad pandemic that yeah. none of us thought we'd ever go through, probably no. in our lifetime.
0: No.
1: You know, all of a sudden it's there and you have to sort of reset everything. It's like yeah. musicians are sort of going... Well, shit, you know, I've got no gigs. You know, I can't do that anymore. There was gigs that I uh, coming up a week after lockdown. Yeah. I had to ring them up and say, I don't think this is going on. That'd be fine. We've only got about 100 tickets to go. I said, you're not going to sell them tickets. I'm mm. telling you, this is getting bigger. Yeah. And we have to cancel it and and then you think, well, when's that ever gonna come back?
0: And you'd yeah. be worried about I don't wanna get this. And when you're younger and your parents say stuff like, Oh, you always gotta have something to fall back on, and you start thinking, Oh, what have I actually got um, to yeah. fall back on? I've never
1: actually right. concentrated never on actually my done B that plan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, cause my, cause my old man
1: would have probably said, If you're planning if you've got a plan B, that means you don't really want plan A to work.
0: That's a good way of thinking. And I'll be about
1: like, it, yeah. okay. But that all that means is I've got to put even more effort into Plan A, yeah, and yeah. still not have a backup.
0: Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So a
1: mate of mine said to me the other week, actually, in a band I'm in, he said, "I don't want to be a 60-year-old guy wearing a bow tie playing some function for a wedding that nobody gives a shit what I'm playing, mm. nobody cares about what I'm playing, and I'm ignored." Whereas I can play at that gig the next week and everybody's listening to me, and yeah. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm doing this for a reason. Yeah, he said, but I'm worried that if I don't change something now, that's exactly what I'm going to be yeah. when I'm 60. He said, because, I, because well, none of us have real pensions nah. as a self-employed musician. Nah. You've got to create that. As yeah. a self-employed anybody, you've yeah. got to create that pension. Our you know, pension
0: is selling gear when we're older. Absolutely. <laughs> and I wonder why people have vintage gear. Yeah.
1: It's like, yeah. you can't afford to pay the rent. Why have you got a Fender Rhodes? Why have you got this guitar? Yeah. Oh, because later on down the line, darling... You know, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we can sell live this. a couple of weeks off that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're Gonna sell this and buy some more beans. Yeah. You know, I, it's it's a, it's an illusion that we give ourselves, isn't it? It's, it's well, one day we'll get something from yeah. this. Yeah. And I think because we say that, that's why it manifests. That's why imposter syndrome and anxiety manifests because you think to yourself, now I've got to achieve it. What happens if I don't? Yeah. And so you think, well, if I'm not good enough, that's imposter syndrome. Maybe that's why I'm not achieving it. Yeah. You know, or, you know, I'm, I'm anxious now. Now I feel like I can't, like, I'm not quite good enough to, to play at that tour. And, you know, like, you know I thought I was a, a, an half decent sort of blues jazz piano player. But you soon learn that, you're not that good when
0: you play, you're sitting in at a Ronnie Scott's jazz gig. <laughs>
1: and know? the
0: pianist on before you is, is incredible. And he's nine.
1: Yeah. right. right. I'm done. I'm done now. I'm He's finished. nine and
0: dressed like Elvis.
1: I knew I should have been a garbage man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and that's fair enough. We've all done jobs that we probably didn't want to do. Yeah. That I've done job. I've worked in jobs, laboring and, and whatever it is, you know, just and and, stacking shelves and you know, it's like the typical musician cv isn't it yeah. when you start everybody does these kind of jobs isn't <laughs> yeah. not anymore though you know i'm eight years old i play bass like you know
0: yeah. james, james, <laughs> james <laughs>
1: jameson yeah. and I've, just I've got been,
0: 200 million like, tiktok followers yeah, like yeah I'm fine you know, what is stacking shelves what is this <laughs> yeah. weird phenomenon so i was delivering pizzas that was my thing yeah everybody i mean That's everybody's great. done it yeah i right. liked it it's a job why not you
1: find something in it. If you're that kind of person, you find something in it to enjoy, yeah. don't you? But, yeah. but there is always going to be something burning in you if you're a musician. But I suppose for me, when stuff was taken away from me with COVID, I looked at it like I didn't, I, I, I'm going to do something else for a minute. Even cool. if, because I thought it was a temporary holiday.
0: Yeah. If
1: holiday's the right term, of course it's not. Yeah. But for me, it was like, I'm just going to take a break. And this is where I'm going back to my original story, which is because I took my eye off it for a bit, I was offered all kinds of stuff. It was mad how wow. I suddenly wasn't concentrating. And then when things started coming back, and I was saying, would you be available to do this gig? And I've got this gig coming up on so-and-so, so-and-so. And I just didn't think about it. So I, I don't know. I've, my goal in life as a musician is, be, is to be able to choose the gigs I want to do. Yeah. You feel like you can now to a certain extent, but you can't really. No. If you're no. earning money from it. Yeah. There's, you know,
0: with a family, with a mortgage,
1: all of it. So if you if i had a choice it would be to be that comfortable that i can sort of go i don't really fancy doing that gig mm-hmm. you know it's not really
0: me you know i can't do that but i know someone that can do it here get them they're great yeah, oh fine. yeah i'll do that one over there yeah yeah mm. i
1: fancy doing that one yeah i don't because i don't need to worry about money or i don't need to worry oh, yeah. about that i, I think I'm,
0: that's a lot of the worry as well with yeah. musicians is is the money side of it when's the next gig because i get it in here i mean I'm, I'm lucky enough to do a couple of things in music mm. you know setting up guitars for instance i do like yeah. that kind of stuff and i'll have a week where i go wow cool i've got three guitars to set up I've got to record guitars for that guy I've got to do some drum samples for something blah 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 and that whole yeah. week's done and then I think what am I doing the week after that yeah what Yeah. coming I've got nothing coming in right oh, shit are so then own- I've, I've now decided to go right if I've got a few days free, I'm going to start working on my social media stuff, do another couple of videos for social media so they're ready to go. And yeah. it's just about being proactive in that kind well, of way. And you feel
1: like, and, and, and also we give ourselves excuses as well. Yeah, you yeah. Know, we, we sort of say, right, well, we're, we're a musician, therefore any element of music, whether it's setting up guitars, whether it's making an Instagram video, yeah. whether it's playing, practicing, that's all part of my job.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Even if the vast majority of that I'm not getting paid for. Yeah. It's still my job. Yeah. Because if I don't do the Instagram thing, if I don't practice that, then that's going to affect gigs I do get. Yes. It's going to affect yeah. the work I get. So you could say that, I could break it down and say that the only thing I earn money from is doing gigs and, you know, because you're lucky if you sell music now, at, yeah. at, at your own albums now. Because yeah. it's all streaming. You yeah. Know, something like two and a half million streams for a, the equivalent of like a week's wage. Yeah. So... You can't rely on that as much anymore. It's not like the 80s where like, you wrote a, a number one record and you'd be living off that the rest of your life. Yeah. So gigging and, and selling tickets and selling merchandise is where you earn the vast mm-hmm. majority of your money nowadays. And so people think, well, if you're not doing that, that's your job. That's your job. Your job mm. is gigging. Yeah. So you practicing and, and, and writing music and sitting down doing Instagram
0: videos, how is
1: that being a yeah. musician? How is that a job? I'm like, well, that's all part of it now. Yeah. You don't get the work unless you've got a video.
0: You've got to be your own marketing Yeah, marketing well, is like yeah. 80%. Yeah,
1: Unfortunately so. I yeah. mean, I'm crap at it. You know, I've, I've, all this stuff I've done and I feel like I've achieved and, uh, and to a certain extent I've not achieved half as much as other people. But it's not about that. It's about if I was a bragger, if I was somebody who could just go online and put everything on my Instagram about everything I've ever done every day with a selfie,
0: yeah.
1: then who knows what doors would be. What open yeah. or not you know yeah, people yeah. just think i'm a dick maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah. which is something you shouldn't definitely be in music <laughs> yeah, yeah. but there's a certain element that people don't take you seriously unless they've seen that you've got a few thousand likes or validation on on, yeah. on social media unfortunately but what do we do do we complain about it and go through the old school way and just hope that we get something or do we just bite the bullet and go and well
0: just get on with it and
1: like you're doing these podcasts and stuff it's the right thing to do you know, doing, mm. you're, you're putting stuff up every day that of showing stuff that you work as a working musician. Mm. There's lots of work that people do that they don't get paid for. I get
0: quite anxious when I don't put stuff up as well. I think, oh, I haven't put anything up for three days, but I don't want to put up too much because then people will unfollow me. And it's a weird it's mentality a weird thing, to get yeah. into that. Totally. And, and I start catching myself thinking like that and thinking... A mate of mine, I,
1: look, Steve, who runs the Brother Strut band, he's the he's the leader of the band, he does all the marketing. And yeah. Brother Strut has... We've got I don't know something like it's close to something I'd like hundred and fifty thousand followers on yeah. Facebook over the last sort of ten years or so, and that's all down to obviously the content mm-hmm. and obviously the, the stuff that we we play as musicians and being a good band. Yeah. But a lot of it is down to the marketing and, and how much you're in
0: people's faces, mm. how, how many times you're in people's feeds. And he's very good at that. And when he's people very good think at it. soul funk, the first thing you want them to be thinking is brother's It's like
1: an SEO on a Google yeah. search engine. you got to be at the top of the tree. Yeah. How do you achieve that? And there's, there's marketing strategies that, that are out there for everybody to learn. And no, you can just type in Google, how do I do this? Yeah. And somebody will tell you. Mm. It's all free to learn. But- I suppose you've got to have the work ethic and you've got to have the... Uh, you've
0: got to have the confidence in yourself. The confidence to, to do to it, go, yeah. okay. I had to get over
1: that. I had to. Well, you're a funny bloke. I mean, I've I watched your I watched your your podcast, and I think I think, I said to your mum at the shop. And he's I've seen his. Like I can see his sense of humor i We've got a similar <laughs> sense of
0: humour.
1: I like his sense of humour. He done one about John Mayer. He was playing yeah. with John Mayer, <laughs> and you you played both roles. I thought that was funny. And the I watched. The John Mayer it. one
0: was great. Yeah, it was, was kind fun.
1: of a sort of a, it was great. I know, but I know I played this clip, and it was great. And it was, and I thought, see, that's humour. I would I would try and put that into something that I would post. Yeah, yeah, because that's something I'm comfortable with being humorous. And yeah, being funny. If I can be a prat,
0: then it yeah. makes me feel comfortable. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. I was going to ask about you being a dad, actually, if you wanted to talk about that and yes. touring with them. Um... This isn't one of the questions. This was just something I wanted yes. to ask. But I didn't know if you wanted to.
1: That's very nice. Well, uh, do you know what? It's the, it's the hardest and most rewarding thing all at the same time. I love it. I've Is always it? wanted to be a dad, I suppose. And we're very lucky that we were able to have a baby last year. She's nine months old now.
0: Wow! Have you been out on tour while?
1: Not yet. No, I've. I've, Are you dreading that? I've had a couple of. I've had a couple of things offered to me, but I've purposely gone look. You know, I want to be in this baby's life. Yeah. For a bit, I don't want to just up sticks and say right. You know. And I'm missing out on first words, first walks, and stuff like that. I just, just for a bit, I just want to be a dad. Yeah, you want to be there. Oh, that's great. A mate of mine said to me the 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 best analogy actually. He said, "Um, "Work less, earn more, be a dad." Yeah, And I went, wow. oh, I mean, there's a dream, isn't it? I said, can you make that happen now? <laughs> you know, because this came along and, and you know, you're, when, when when your partner's pregnant and you're anticipating the birth of the child and you're thinking about all the stuff coming up and the work you're going to have, and now it's even more important to earn money. Now it's yeah. even more important to make sure that this little thing's got a, a backup. And, yes. You know, because it's totally reliant on you and, and yeah. the parents and stuff. So it makes, if anything, it can bring you a bit more anxious. But I think I'm able to do gigs on a sporadic level at the moment. So I'm doing, like, on average, probably about a couple a week. Cool. Some some weeks are worse than that. March was terrible, but but it and doesn't that, matter. Yeah, oh, yeah, March is, March is was terrible. terrible,
0: but that's enough to just keep your toes in.
1: It'll keep your toes in and for a minute. Keep yeah. the money kind of keep the money going up to, of... so you can pay your mortgage and and, yeah. and and still feel like you can live a bit and still be in in baby's yeah. life. I think as she gets older, it'll be a lot easier to feel like you can do more of a stretch of gigs mm-hmm. because it'll be she's older you don't you don't feel like and you feel like you won't
0: miss the first walking the first that's words, the thing there's yeah. lots
1: of firsts and also you can probably take people with you yes. certain gigs you yeah. can say, well come along you know what i mean yeah. you don't have to worry about feeds or you don't have to worry about timings of bedtime and you yeah know, whether yeah. they're not going to understand something and you know oh, what do we do we can't bring a baby into this environment and you know but now it's like you know, baby's like a year and a half, two years old. Yeah. And suddenly touring seemed like it's a bit more doable. It depends what mindset you adopt. If, you, if you're if you saying this is my job and I need to tour, then you, you've not got really a choice. Yeah. You know, that's that's the only way I'm going to earn the amount of my, the vast majority of my money this year is to go on tour. So that's what I'm going to have to do. And my partner, Jackie, she's brilliant. She understands all that. She's a musician as well. So that right. helps. She, she's like, that's, that's what you've got to do. That's what you've got to do. And I'm like, that's fine because uh, it's about money and, and, and it becomes about making sure you're earning enough now. And, yeah. But you still have to enjoy it. And so there's a little bit of guilt. You know, if you get offered a, a, a tour of LA somewhere for mm-hmm. two weeks or a gig in Denmark or something and you're out there and you're enjoying yourself. Now I've got a baby. I'm sort of, I look back on it and go, okay, I'm enjoying myself. It's perks of the job. You know, I've spent a lot of years practicing and learning my craft. and Now I'm here. I feel kind of guilty that I'm not, constantly working you've left your wife back. there's a a day that there's a day that i'm walking around just looking at the river or having a coffee somewhere in a coffee shop and i feel like i'm exploring denmark or i'm exploring la and it's Mm. all very nice and lovely but they're back home and there's you know she's getting up in the middle of the night to do feeds yeah you know babies you know crap themselves all over the
0: place and you need to you're not there to help so there will be there will always be an element of guilt for that
1: there is anyway but now you've got like a Uh, for me anyway now you've got like a baby Mm. i I feel like i just want to be there for the for the for for one of the hardest bits first i want to be there for the the initial the development of the child yeah and and being there for my partner as well because she's amazing and and i just want to make sure that
0: she's that's a common thread as well with the podcast is these musicians that i talk to they've always got a supportive partner or supportive family with them that say yeah go on yeah yeah." Yeah. and that really it really really you
1: either you could either get somebody who doesn't work in music and they'll never understand hmm. what you do, and they'll never understand why you have to spend till three in the morning mixing a snare drum yeah. in the studio in order to get that song out there by that date. Yeah. They'll never understand that, but they understand that that's what you do. That's you know, I just don't get involved. They do their job, you do your job. Yeah, or you get the people that are musicians. If you're actually lucky enough to be with somebody who's a musician as well, and they totally understand what you're doing sometimes that can be a hindrance <laughs> yeah i've never
0: been out with a musician so I've been with I know.
1: so so jack my, my jackie <laughs> on with now she's a musician but she works for choirs so she she runs oh, choirs and she's the md of choirs down in devon and she runs two really sort of successful very good community choirs and that's her job so she so great. largely works two days a week great so she does tuesdays and wednesdays and then the rest of the time's her own which is fantastic She's mm. has to make arrangements and stuff yeah, she's yeah. in the studio we've got in our garden now she's I've halved it. She's got a bit to do. A bit. Oh great! Bit. Awesome. And so she can make arrangements. So there's elements to a job that she has to put in, like ours. We can gig and just say that's our job, and then when we come home, we stop being a musician yeah. for the
0: rest of the week, yeah. or
1: we have to keep making sure those gigs come in. So yeah. you have to keep doing stuff in the studio. You have yeah, to st- keep doing
0: stuff. Just keep doing your social media. Keep being in people's keep minds and stuff emailing like that. people. Going, right. do you need anything? Doing? It's right constant. Then? It's twenty four yeah. hours,
1: and she understands yeah. that. I have been with people in the past
0: that have gone well. Come on. Yeah, come on. No, it's five o'clock now. You know, yeah. You've done your gig, let's yeah. go home. Yeah, you know, let's go to well, that restaurant. I need restaurant, to you know? stay and network a little bit. Like, Why
1: don't uh, you want to go on holiday for the <laughs> yeah, this yeah, year? Yeah. Like, because my gig's social and, and you know, i come home and I'll spend... That,
0: that's a horrible thing. That's a horrible feeling of when... When people say, "Oh, um, we're getting married next July. Do you want to come?" and you think, I, I, "If I can, if I, I can, I, I, don't you miss out on everything?" Socially. Yeah, you miss out on so much stuff.
1: We're doing this thing on Saturday night because most people work like yeah. nine to five, and they yeah. their Saturday night is their big blowout night. Yeah. They get pissed and they're having. Well, oh, I can't. That's my premium night. That's the night I. Have to yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my work. night. I'm free Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday. Monday's tw- good. Yeah. <laughs> Two in the afternoon. Yeah, amazing. So, so I'm lucky enough, I suppose, to 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 have a lot more time at home with my partner and my baby as a musician because musician
0: allows you to have that it brings yeah that. yeah um that's part of the payment in it you get yeah sort of more and the late nights and yeah yeah you know i mean you don't get any
1: more sleep than you ever did <laughs> but it's you're kind of a little bit more tailored to it i think yeah. but yeah i'm glad I've, I've i've got the opportunity to do that but when you start looking at okay i need to pay this and i need to do that and we like i say we only moved into our house two years ago yeah and there's and still stuff that we want to do but nine months of that was Jackie being pregnant and, and now another nine months of that is baby no. being here. Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, we've had about... So I bet that
0: wasn't a stressful time
1: for you guys at, at all. all. <laughs> about four months to do everything <laughs> yeah. in the house. So people come in and we're like, no, sit down if you can find a seat. And sit then, down on
0: the boxes. It's yeah, fine. it's fine.
1: It's, you know, still, we've only been here two years. Not like, two years. <laughs> yeah. Surely you've decorated your kitchen. Well, not really. Nah. So, but I think people forgive you. I mean, and you know, we're not sort of students, musicians yeah. anymore. You know, it's, nowadays, if you know, if you, if you want to work in music there's a way of achieving that and having a a normal decent life um but once you've got it you've got to maintain it
0: yeah that's the hard bit you know you can get one great gig but then you gotta keep getting more going
1: yeah or at least not be precious enough to think that you only need the great gigs. yes again going going back back to you
0: know it's not just one break it's a series of little breaks that totally kind of get bigger and bigger and smaller and smaller over time and then bigger again and you know but sometimes your achievement
1: is i just want to play to earn money Sometimes yeah. I just do the bread and butter gigs. Sometimes yeah. I don't care. But we're playing a wedding this week. I get to play with my mates. We're getting paid well. Yeah, you say, oh, if
0: I do three weddings this week, that means cool. I don't have to work in February, which February is shit anyway. So yeah, yeah it, that's fine. And it gives yeah, you no. a little
1: bit more time to work on that song you've been thinking yeah. about in the studio because <laughs> yeah. you haven't got to worry that week. All
0: those hard drives of unfinished songs <laughs> yeah. that, you've got. that you'll never show anybody. <laughs> yeah, that <you're> never, <laughs> is that song done? <laughs> nah, no, nah, I've just got to, I've got to lay down the drums yet. Yeah, oh, and then I've got to mix it, and then yeah, yeah. probably be another five years before. That. Yeah,
1: yeah, about five years roughly, and i've got to think about that for another five months and probably never release it but
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you know welcome <laughs> to my world yeah welcome and then when i release it i'll get four views and, uh, yeah. and that'll be it and then on Great. to the next one <laughs> i'm selling it for about 75 pence <laughs> yeah. nobody will buy it yeah fantastic <laughs> what are we doing this week
1: <laughs> yeah. you know I, I agree i i agree it's, it's such a weird bit when you break it down like that it's such a weird game we play in it but
0: yeah yeah it's... at the
1: same time we'd never change we'd it. never change it no never change it
0: So before you go, I've got some quick fire questions. Like, don't think about them too much. Hit me. What band could phone you up now and say the gig is tonight? Can you do it? Oh, uh,
1: blimey! If it was, if, if, it, if it was Stevie Wonder, I'd have to say, give us some notice, mate. I've got nine months old. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess, I guess you know, it's, I, I, I love anything like that. Stevie Wonder. The Stevie I'd Wonder, isn't it? It. Stevie Wonder one. for me is like something I've been growing up with. Yeah. All my life. Donnie Hathaway. Oh, right,
0: mate, yeah, maybe not a gig. Maybe if he just came in the studio now and went, let's have a jam. And he oh, just yeah. got behind the kit, you could just.
1: So I'm just having lunch, mate. What are you. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What you, you know, Give what it half you... an hour by law, mate. What We're you're, allowed. You're,
1: you're, <laughs> <laughs> a, you're a monster. What are you yeah. doing? You know, God, I've just put the toast on. You know, sorry, mate. No, I've just got to change a nappy. Yeah. No, I, yeah. no, I think, I think, absolutely. I think there's certain things in music that you want to achieve. Some of it's money, some of it's certain gigs. But sometimes if it, it, the greatest achievement is experience of mm. any of of something and if you if you can sit in a studio and one of your favorites sits next to you and plays yeah and and it, you know Stevie Wonder it sounds a bit cliché to say he he's become a cliché over the years everybody mm. says Stevie Wonder because he's like a legend
0: like John Bonham like anybody What's your favorite drummer John Bonham John Bonham, John Bonham yeah, yeah you know
1: what I mean yeah. you know so i so i feel like but it's genuine for me you know it there's i went to see him a couple of times Stevie just looks like such a fun thing to do i went Mm. to see him in Hyde park and he played the whole album of songs in the key of life Mm. four hours straight the guy had a cold a couple of nights beforehand he had hardly any voice he's 60 yeah sings like a bird yeah you know uh, and i don't mean in the
0: sexist female sense yeah no yeah yeah you know what i mean
1: It's like he's, he's, you know, and, and for me, I'm like, well, that must be a great gig. He's got like a 15-piece yeah, band. Yeah, it's mental,
0: isn't it? I saw Glastonbury once, like when he when he headlined It was but un- he doesn't room change. No.
1: And for me, it's it'd be anything like an influence like that. I also love the 80s stuff as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a big 80s fan.
0: Well, that might lead on to my next question. What artist did you instantly connect with after your first hearing? So would it would it be Stevie? Uh,
1: after first hit, I'd say recently, in recent years, Gregory Porter actually.
0: Oh, I don't know Gregory Porter. So
1: Gregory Porter is like, he's the guy that always wears like a it's like a face mask around his face. Oh, Okay, you know, he's got a hat on, black guy, tall guy. He's got a face mask around his face. Sounds a bit. He's like the modern Nat King. Nat King Oh, Carl. nice, fantastic. And, and and I heard him a few years ago. Funny enough, he's like the soundtrack to me and my partner. Wow, meeting and getting That's together, cool. and you know, we've been together for seven years now. So it probably would have been about seven years ago that he had an album out called Liquid Spirit. I remember hearing him going, "Oh, he's a jazz singer. Yeah. But when he sang a ballad and he sang, he, he does the covers of Nat King Cole as well. We went to see him in Spain once. It was a bizarre thing. And we sort of went out for this weekend in, in uh, Madrid. He was roasting hot. Hmm. And he was playing at this sort of amphitheater, this like Globe Theatre next to us, next to the hotel we were in. It was fantastic. It was magical. It was like being transported back to, I don't know, it was like there was an authenticity to hmm. him. He's just got a lovely tone, lovely oh, voice. Wow. So in recent times, I would say Gregory Porter. There's probably a few more now, actually, yeah, but yeah. off the top of my and head, I'd it, it, say. It'll
0: change every day, innit? If change someone asks you that question Oh, Oh, if you
1: asked me that and I, I had time to go home and think about it, I'd probably Yeah, you'll text me, me later go It's oh, actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was Elvis. <laughs> change it, edit that. Have <laughs> yeah. you got an AI thing that can yeah. emulate my voice and yeah. say that instead? <laughs> it was Elvis. It was a fat bloke <laughs> yeah. from Sonny Hole. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. One song you wish you'd written?
1: Uptown Girl, Billy Joel. Oh, great! That's a great, fantastic, great song. song. Or Chain Reaction, Bee Gees. Yeah, oh, I could I could name bunches. There's all going to be old school stuff. To be fair, And the reason why is because of the, the changes in 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 if I again at the top of my head, blimey, it, how to craft a song. There's a lesson mm. right there mm. in 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 so many artists. But Bee Gees, I think, are fantastic. Billy Joel was great. Stevie Wonder, of course. Abba, Abba, Abba. Abba. Do you know what they've become? I almost had an argument with one of my mates once about this he, he, in a band. He was really slating Abba. said, no, oh, really? you can't really
0: like Abba. I'm like, what? The songwriting is genius. Unbelievable. It's
1: so good. I said, if you, you as a musician should be able to break that down and realise yeah. the changes in it, the key changes that are very subtle. Yes. How it feels like it's lifting there, but it's actually going down again. Yeah.
0: Key.
1: <laughs> you know, the, how some of it ain't even got a chorus. It's just a verse. And, and some of it just got, it's like a hook. Yeah. I said, this is proper songwriting. Yeah. You know, the crafting. I'm not talking about four chords and just singing a bit of pentatonic scales over yeah. the top of it and going, that'll do, and putting a vocoder on it. That's a song. I'm like, well, is it? But, but you know, I'm talking about pro- when people used to sit down and have to write a song. Yeah. If you can get up, if you can pick an acoustic guitar up now, put that acoustic guitar, and play an Abba song, you'd still be able to know that was an Abba song. You yeah. wouldn't need a whole bunch of production around that. Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that, for me, anybody who does that is great.
0: All right. Uh, one song you're proud to be a part of?
1: Oh, uh... I was part of a song recently uh, called Come Home to Peace, which was written for the Falklands War. I wrote that with a friend of mine called Jim Cregan, who I'm in a band with. Oh, wow. Jim's worked with Rod Stewart. He's like a best friend of Rod Stewart, a guitarist for his band for a long time. He was one of the reasons why I played on these big gigs.
0: Oh, great. That I was
1: talking to you about. He sort of recommended me, and, and he's a very good friend of mine, and we play in a band still now together, and we do a lot of writing occasionally. And We wrote a song, and Tony Hadley sang it. Great. And it was released for... And it was like the community choirs that were on it. I think it was like the, uh, the military wives choir was singing on nice. it and stuff. Like it's, it's again off the top of my head, that was the one. And I've done lots of stuff in the past that um, I've been very proud to either play on or or have a part of the writing. Yeah. Of. Um, but that's yeah, that's that's one song recently. It was, it was. I don't know how well it's done. Again, you know, when you put it out there, do people buy music? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. And charity records are just you know. You try and sell it as the more money that they get, the better it is for yeah, the charity. Yeah. But still people have this attitude of, well, you know, I'd rather listen to it for free and see yeah. if I like it. Yeah. So it's got a lot of Spotify plays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm not sure it's got many iTunes downloads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh mate, before you go, what you got coming up? What's going on? Well, uh, like I said, I'm part of this band Brother Strut and we've got a tour coming up in yeah, October. You had a single release last week, didn't you? Yes, yeah, sweet stuff. We had yeah, one before great. that as well, which is an instrumental, like a Latino. Oh, cool. It's called El Fuego. Uh, and that was a very Latino kind of vibe, very instrumental again. Going back to the roots of Brother Strut, which was instrumental based yeah, great. in music, muso kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the second single, the one you've, that's just been released, is called Sweet Stuff, and that's uh, a reggae song. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell people that you're a funk and soul band and then you bring out a second single that's it's a reggae song. <laughs> yeah. But it, I think Brother Strut encapsulates what it's like to just play – black music reggae yeah. music reggae music hip-hop music soul funk music and so that was released a couple of weeks ago and we, we're, we're doing another we're doing probably about another seven or eight tunes over the over the coming weeks great and a video for each they're all ready
0: to go and they're we're all ready just, to go yeah. being
1: mixed and then videos being edited as we speak and great. so now we're just going to release that over the next coming weeks album's going to be released and then the tour follows that in october awesome which is like uh, pretty much three or four dates a week every every week in october Oh, great. Which is good. And and it, and it goes to to the end The end of that is going to be a gig at Coco in Camden. That's oh, nice. We, yeah. That's what accumulates to that in the end. That's the climax at the end, the London gig. We always finish at a London gig. Uh, but, but before then, it's just, um, you know, working, doing some function stuff. I've got a few sessions to do. I'm mm-hmm. writing some songs at the moment with a friend of mine for for a decent artist. Um, hopefully we get that pitch and that's all good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, just working, just you know, and being a dad, being a dad, <laughs> yeah. being a dad. I should have said that, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. I'll
0: edit that in the first. So thanks. Time. Yeah. being
1: <laughs> no, being a dad. That's what's got. That's what I've got coming up. No, but I am. That's that's of course, man. I just hope I can be the the, the amazing dad I always wanted to be. Yeah, and and that's taken up a lot of time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, of course it will. But you manage. You know, it's amazing how you think you can't manage these things, and yeah. And then it comes, and you do.
0: You just learn as you as you go along. You do.
1: You realise it, and so so yeah. I've got a few things coming up. There's always more stuff I can put in the diary, as there is with everybody. But Mm -hmm. I think it's nice sometimes if you can just sort of go. Now I've I'm earning me money. I'm playing the gigs I want to play. I'm and now I just want to do hanging
0: out with my daughter. It's fine. Doing what I'm doing. It's fine. Yeah. You know enjoying a bit of everything as well. Yeah. It's a job though. You shouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> no! For
1: God's sake. You've got to wake up in the morning and that's you, your project. That's yeah, it. Yeah. For the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I agree. I, 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 there is a part of me that, that would have thought that and probably still does a little bit. You know, have I achieved anything today? It's Monday. What has yeah. everybody else achieved? I've done nothing today apart from think about that song. Yeah. But it's all necessary. Yeah. You know, as long as you can remove yourself and sort of say, well, I've earned enough money this month. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think,
0: I think until the bills come out, I think I've had enough money. Yeah, I
1: think the trick is to sort of not beat yourself up about stuff. You know, nah. if you can live comfortably or you can pay your bills and you can do the things you want to do without worrying and struggling, yeah. then you're, you're achieving what you're, you're achieving. You're winning, yeah, you're winning. You're winning that, that's right. And I think that's, you know, so I've got stuff coming up and, and I'm happy about that. It's just nice to sort of, I'm anticipating that at the moment, obviously building up as much anxiety as possible for the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> as we all do <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. but in the meantime yeah, writing, recording and doing all the stuff that I'm lucky enough to be able to do man. yeah great
0: nice awesome, one man Well, thanks, thanks for mate. coming on the podcast thanks for inviting me Dan it's great yeah. to see you mate That's, yeah you uh, too
1: you know really good to talk to you So <laughs> if I've been Babbling. No, it's, good. it's all it's, good you know,
0: content. You know,
1: there's probably out of that three-hour interview, there's probably about twenty minutes that yeah. you can use. <laughs> yeah, five it's minutes will come out, and you'll yeah, be like, yeah, "Hang on, yeah. he's, like, like, he's <laughs> a really interesting guy," and he get any he cuts to the chase, doesn't he? He gets straight to the point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah, see, this is where your editing skills come in, there,
0: Dan. <laughs> yeah, no, I I really enjoy the edit. I actually genuinely really like the edit because during the Pick during the, the interview, I'm kind of thinking about you know what to say and all that kind of stuff, and I don't think I'm a great host but like oh, during man, the interview I actually, I actually relearn from myself throughout the interview so well it's I'm like, like oh. listening
1: to it's like listening to rehearsal tapes isn't it yeah I guess so, but yeah. I mean it's, but, but mate what you're doing is great I love, I love the podcast thing I think you're creative of what you're doing on your Instagram and mate keep oh, it going great. oh great no it's man. great man I think, I think yeah I was, I was quite happy to come in today and have a chat with you It's yeah, great, great. No, and no, great to see you the did. studio I'm glad yeah. it's done well uh, if you
0: want to have another little go on the key you can, uh... <laughs> well absolutely well- <laughs> alright here we go one take I reckon this is going to be the one I can feel it in my bones. I can just feel it. Right. Right. That was Sam Tanner on the Stage Fright podcast. Go listen to Brother Strut now. It's the perfect weather for it. And keep up to date with what Sam is doing on his Instagram and his Facebook, Sam Tanner Music. If you would like to help out the show, please sign up to my Patreon where, for the price of half a coffee a month, you'll get early, ad-free, higher quality access of the pod, as well as some extra bonus bits and conversations patreon.com forward slash dan parkinson music email me any thoughts and ideas you might have for the pod all right at gmail.com and find us on instagram and twitter twitter at all right i'm dan instagram at the stage fright podcast make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and thank you for listening i'll see you in the next one bye yes mate. <laughs> <laughs> smashed it I just listened back to it as a few bits I'd (laughs) changed.